Welcome. Welcome to Progressive News Network, the Environmental Justice Report Sunday show. I'm Janine Moloff, the producer and host. Well, we've got a few things to talk about today. Um, This is the Progressive News Network show today. Next week, we will be having a very special guest for the Environmental Justice Report, uh, and we'll talk about that a little later. But today, you know, if you had a chance to see the advert, okay, if, um, because again, it seems that every time I try and post something, it gets moved further down in the, uh, what they call it, the logarithm. Um, I tried posting something on Daily Cause today, only to get the skull and crossbones sign saying that I've been banned, even though I've never actually posted an article on Daily Cause before. So I don't know what's going on. I must be doing something right because apparently I'm being banned all over the place. Um, And, you know, they do that when you're saying things that the people in power don't like hearing. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, If you saw the advert, it says GOP censorship aims to break the First Amendment. Now, Progressive News Network was born in Florida. Okay, our pr- producer emeritus is also the founder, Rick Spizak. God bless him. Um, he was there during the Brooks Brothers riot trying to get some honest news out there, where basically W made sure and the Supreme Court made sure that the recount that was mandated by Florida state law halted. Um, and so here in Florida, there is a governor... Ron DeSantis, or as I call him, Death Santis, and he has been working overtime to attack the First Amendment, specifically attack any opinions that he personally either doesn't like or opinions that he sees as politically uh, a problem for him as he has, you know, presidential aspirations. He's basically trying to out-Trump Trump, and, you know, as much as I despise Donald Trump, and I, and I do, In my opinion, Donald Trump is a Nazi. I'm not taking it back. Um, I think in some ways DeSantis is far more dangerous because DeSantis is, is every much, in my opinion, a bigot, a racist, a neo-Nazi as Donald Trump, except DeSantis has two Ivy League degrees and he's intelligent, which makes him far more dangerous. So we're going to... Uh, excuse me, we're going to talk about the wave of GOP-sponsored censorship that is clearly, as I said in this little intro, a premeditated and systemic attack on the First Amendment. Now, not the entire First Amendment. You know, DeSantis will talk about religious liberty till the cows come home. Of course, religious liberty for thee and not for me, okay? So if you are a Christian fundamentalist, boom, he's going to be fighting for you. If you're a religious minority, you're screwed. Um, But the parts of the First Amendment that DeSantis despises, free speech, free press. And that includes academic speech. So whether it's laws that criminalize literature or laws that gag teachers and professors and doctors, etc., the GOP is working feverishly to destroy the First Amendment provisions specifically on free speech and free press, Unless, as I said before, that speech is consistent with a specific religious and bigoted dogma. So where are the First Amendment heroes? Let's discuss. Well, unfortunately, there aren't too many. The ACLU has come out as a First Amendment hero. And, excuse me, having a few issues here. And there are a few college professors. And I know that when you're, I used to be a teacher, and when you're in the classroom, you're so overstressed to start with and overworked, but I don't see the teachers' unions coming out and fighting, okay? Um, What I'm talking about has to do with anti-woke law, uh, which is clearly an educational gag order that not only puts a teacher's licensure and job on the line if they discuss certain forbidden things, but they could face criminal prosecution. Um, the book bans, that they're calling things obscene that aren't, you know. Uh, I remember one book band was Mouse, spelled M-A-U-S, and it is, we used to call it a comic book. It, it's, it's, um, 
you know, basically a, a that's a comic book, okay? And it's a basically talking about the Holocaust and instead of these being people, they are mice that are suffering and uh some of these mobs for liberty and some of these other crazy groups they got upset because the mice the cartoon mice were naked. Yeah. Keep in mind their kids go to Disneyland, of course that might not be good anymore. Um we grew up watching Donald Duck. Why is it Donald Duck never wore trousers? He never had anything covering his bottom. Nobody screamed about that. Wiley Coyote was totally naked. If you're going to talk about silly things like that, let's talk about all of it. But clearly, the real problem with the book Mouse was to take a very serious and um, dire part of history, named the Holocaust, and put it in a way that younger children could understand without, you know, traumatizing them unduly. Now, keep in mind, these same moms that scream their kids are going to be traumatized have no problem with migrant children being put in cages and traumatized. They had no problem with children of the Holocaust being abused. They had no problem with black children being abused. They had no problem with, you know, past slavery, but their little darlings can't be, you know, upset. So, again, it's going to be kind of a casual show today because, honestly, I've been reading so much, it's kind of, you get to this point where it's kind of like can't see the forest through the trees type phenomena. Um, So just to get in the mood today, I turned on OAN, which I normally don't do, and the Jesse Kelly show, who, Jesse Kelly is a piece of garbage in my opinion, but he has a show called, and it was The National Divorce, and He's, again, talking about how the Democrats much and the leftists are the bad guys and the Republicans are far right are the good guys and how there's no civility anymore and this nation isn't one nation anymore. And he wants to go back to that Disney-fied, you know, turn of the century where basically people of color and religious minorities and gay people stayed on the fringes and weren't, weren't seen or heard, okay? And the fact is, that's all a myth. This country's always been divided from its very beginning. You know, Jesse Kelly can make the claim, for instance, that the actual principles espoused in the U.S. Constitution were based on Enlightenment principles. Well, that part's true. But even, and, and that was something to be celebrated, but even Enlightenment principles didn't go far enough. It was a beginning, not the beginning, middle, and end. But What he failed to acknowledge is that to get signatures on the U.S. Constitution, the founders had to make a deal with the devil and say, okay, South Southern states, you can still have slavery, though, your curious little institution, as you like to call it. That was the the pact made with the devil to get a national consensus going. And it's stuck with us ever since. So then once the 13th Amendment was passed, that didn't stop. Jim Crow took over. Basically, white supremacy just morphed into something slightly disguised and nothing more. And now Governor DeSantis is having a hissy fit over woke. You know, he said basically Florida is the land where woke comes to die. Well, I would say Florida is the state where the First Amendment free speech, free press comes to die, put bluntly. Make no mistake about it. The actual provisions of the anti-woke bill, as well as the provisions of the don't say gay laws well, they are clear and egregious violations against the United States Constitution and against the First Amendment specifically. Now, what gets confusing is that the First Amendment has multiple rights in it. And you've got some that, on in theory and in practice, could compete. You've got basically government uh, can't stop you from being religious, but they can't force you to be a specific religion either. So you've got that religious liberty part. But then you've got free speech and free press. And they're constantly in conflict because, look, you know, I consider myself to be a person of faith, even though I'm a left. I'm a leftist, but I'm a person of faith as well. And, um, you know, I'm not 
Orthodox, but I am, you know, a Reformed Jew. And so that's a more liberal form of Judaism. I do a faith. Make no mistake about it. And how do I put this? The fact is, even within my own faith, I readily acknowledge that religion, if you will, is not democratic. Religion is dictatorial. Let's be honest about it. You know, whether you, you've got this deity figure that is the father figure, whatever, that is the boss. Make no mistake about it. There's no democracy there. So the concept of free speech and free press often really flies in the face of religious liberty. So what do you do? Well, you have both. The fact is, if somebody wants to be religiously conservative, be religiously conservative. I don't care. That's fine. But religious conservatives have no right to force their ways on the rest of us. That also means that free speech, I don't believe in speech codes on college campuses, all right? If somebody is actually using hate speech and inciting people to violence, we already have laws in the books to take care of that. Make no mistake about it. They're just not enforced. But the fact is, when you censor one person's speech, everyone else's is censored as well. So, but then you also have people on the far right where they say, you know, they spout off whatever things they believe in, and the minute you criticize them, you're called cancel culture. Well, I don't really care about that either because cancel culture is a non-starter, all right? Uh, cancel culture accusations are basically saying that those of us that disagree with conservatives don't have a right of rebuttal when that's not true. Conservatives can say what they like, but we have a right of rebuttal. And it comes in multiple forms. And if one side is too outrageous, you know, if you slander someone, if you libel or if you defame them, there are ways that you can actually sue them in civil court to make them stop. You know, for those of you that are unfamiliar, slander is when you knowingly say something about someone or something that is untrue and push it as the fact. Libel is the written form and defamation deals with actually just destroying someone's reputation. Okay, truth does matter. It does. It just does. Um, so with that, we're going to get into our discussion. Got to take a little cup, sip of tea here. So... Let's talk about this, all right? Let me find my first little issue here. So the most recent thing was that Ron DeSantis, and it isn't just Florida. This is happening all over the nation. Here in Missouri, we have an anti-critical race law and all that crap. But DeSantis has become the actual, I guess, lightning rod for it. And he's doing it on purpose. Okay, make no mistake about it. DeSantis isn't ham-handed like Donald Trump. He's not stupid. Okay? You know, he, I believe, don't quote me, I believe his undergraduate degree is from Yale, and I believe his law school degree is from the Harvard Law School. So this man knows what he's doing. And I've also read up on Ron DeSantis where before he decided to go to law school, I think he taught at a private school for a year. And he was teaching pro-Confederacy things, all right? I do believe that Ron DeSantis comes by his intense bigotry, quite honestly. Uh, when it was the Navy, you know, they recently, when he was running for re-election, uh, DeSantis, the DeSantis campaign ran, ran, and he was one of the lawyers, well, he may not have been a full lawyer at that time, but he was a second year of law school, but... Um, he was one of the officers that was sent to monitor what was happening at Guantanamo. And according to, and we'll get into this in another program, according to uh, a couple of prisoners that have since been released, he was fine with the torture that was happening. He sat there and laughed. Okay, This man is, in my opinion, a sociopath, but once again, we'll get into that another time. But DeSantis, according to the first, uh, first sources from PBS, Public Broadcasting, PBS NewsHour, and this was published the 23rd of this month. Uh, the It was a piece written by Jeff Bennett and Tessa – oh, God, I can't see this. I really need new glasses. 
It's really small. Tessa Conciatori. Um, and the headline, I think this is actually a, a, an interview, DeSantis Defends Blocking African-American Studies Course in Florida Schools. That's an AP course, all right? And, you know, DeSantis apparently did admit that teaching black history in Florida is required, but the AP placement course he called out as, quote, indoctrination. Okay. And uh, this is what he's talking about here. And what was the indoctrination DeSantis was screaming about? There was a segment in the course that dealt with, um, I think, queer, queer black history, something like that, as if black people, as if black gay people didn't exist. Silliness, but he calls it indoctrination, and he's too well educated to understand it's not indoctrination. Exposure to something and talking about it honestly is not indoctrination. Indoctrination is the exact opposite when you actually reduce and limit the discussion. That's indoctrination. But that's what he's claiming. Um, let's see now. Let's see if I can find what he said here. Give me a second here. Um, kind of bear with me because I'm I'm seriously in need of new glasses. All right. Well, that's what he's complaining about. And, you know, once again, DeSantis knows that a full discussion is not indoctrination. Indoctrination, again, is when you close down discussion. Um, and this is going on all over the country. Florida happens to be the the lightning rod, if you will. And it really is a betrayal of not only K through 12, but this ex- the anti-woke issue extends beyond K through 12, where you might be talking about how, what you're going to teach to minors, but it extends to the colleges and universities as well. And this is truly, you know, frightening. Um, now, Back, I believe it was in November. Give me a second here. Um, let's see. Let me go to my document. Sorry, folks. Is kind of hard to see. So there was a court case. All right. Um, the Florida Board of Governors is according the sources the fire.org. Um, Florida Board of Governors, Florida law restricting how college professors and students can discuss race and sex. This is part of it also. So basically what Ron DeSantis and these other, um, I'll call them all collectively book burners, are talking about, they want to limit the discussion and render really illegal any discussion, any full and honest discussion of race, discrimination, sex, of racism, sexism, um, homophobia, transphobia, religious bigotry, any honest, any of this, they want to halt by law. And it isn't just K through 12. Now it's affecting the universities as well. Now, parents can complain about K through 12 if it's a minor child. They can't. But it's still public school. I mean, I recall when I was in elementary school, I went to an elementary school where there was only a handful of religious minorities at the time. And I recall being for, they tried to force us to sing, for instance, um, Christmas songs that were clearly declaring Christ as the Savior, which I couldn't do. And I stood there politely and just didn't sing, and I'm the one that was in trouble. <clears throat> I don't want to go back to those bad old days. But it is a little stickier in K through 12. You know, you have the issue of whether or not somebody's legally a minor. It's not the issue in college campuses, though. The majority of students there are technically legally adults. So those, those restrictions don't hold. But this is, this is not only about don't say gay This is about forbidding any honest discussion, as I said before, about racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, religious bigotry, and so on. 
and it's dressed up as his parents' bill of rights. Well, all right, you can argue parents have rights, perhaps. All right. But one individual parent's rights do not extend to other people's children. In other words, you know, if you are a conservative Christian and or an ultra-Orthodox Jew or whatever, and you don't believe girls should have the same opportunities as boys, no, you can't take that to public school because it's supposed to be for everybody. The reason there is a separation of church and state is so that everybody's rights are respected. You know, if you don't like being, if you don't like diversity, then send your kid to private school. Okay, public school is supposed to give every child an equal opportunity. All right, but that's not what's happening here. There's the issue of academic speech. Okay. Um, and apparently college professors have a little more academic free speech rights than K through 12. All right. Uh, and part of the problem is that teachers are regarded as government employees. And in the past, the Supreme Court has said, well, the First Amendment doesn't apply when these government employees are speaking for the government. Well, you know what? I would disagree with that. I am tired of hearing that you're a public employee, therefore, as a teacher, therefore, you don't have the same free speech rights as everyone else. Nonsense. That, that's pure, abject nonsense. Do you need to follow the curriculum? Sure. But does that mean that you should be censored? No. You know, this is, it's pure nonsense. Um, the Supreme Court did make a point in a case called Garcetti v. Sabalos, um, and there's one and only one group of professionals that do have more free academic speech, and that is faculty members in higher education, in other words, in post-secondary. And um, according to this, every court of appeal quote that has since considered the question is ruled that faculty members' academic speech is entitled to some degree of protection by the First Amendment. According to this piece by the fire, on the fire that is, there's a statement here, quote, universities occupy a special place in our constitutional constellation, which recognizes that faculty are hired to speak from their expertise, not to convey the state's own message, end quote. And, and there's some truth to that. Um, so this is something that we have to consider, and I, I apologize if this report today seems kind of loose and informal, um, because honestly, the logarithm on Google is starting to impact things too, where it's harder to find um, the progressive argument for this, frankly. Uh, let's see now. One of the things that's said here is that, quote, the speech suppressing rule you adopt today is the one your ideological opponents will deploy against you tomorrow, end quote. And it's very true. That's why in the past you would see liberal Jewish lawyers even defending free speech rights of vile Nazis. We also rebutted it, but it was a free speech issue. Free speech doesn't mean they can say whatever they bloody well please and never face any sort of rebuttal or criticism for their free speech. That's what these whiners on the far right are complaining and call cancel culture. That's not it. Free speech includes, yes, you will be criticized as well. It come, it, both sides get to do that. So... You know, this is what we're dealing with here. Okay, so let's look at the what's happening in. We already know what's happening in K through 12. You see, throughout the United States, um, libraries are forced to shutter, and classroom teachers have to get rid of all the classroom books that they bring to help encourage children to read, and every book's got to be submitted to an actual library specialist to see if it conforms with the law, and if the teacher misses one, they could face a felony prosecution. This is absurd, and it is far too similar 
to, yes, what the Nazis did with their book burnings and their bans. And, yes, as a Jew, I can say that. Um, so there is this case, and, it from, and again, the source is the fire, Navoa v. Diaz. And um, apparently uh, on November 17, 2022, this federal court halted the enforcement, I'm reading straight from this document, of key parts of the Stop Woke Act in the state's public universities, declaring that the law violates for the First Amendment rights of students and faculty. The court ruled that the, quote, positively, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm sorry, oh, excuse me, the court ruled that the, again, quotes, positively dystopian act officially bans professors from expressing disfavored viewpoints in university classrooms while permitting unfettered expression in the opposite viewpoints, end quote. The document goes on to say, quote, the court invoked George Orwell to drive home that if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Tell that to moms for liberty. Okay. Um, and so this piece by the fire goes on to say, uh, basically, I'm just reading from the document, quote, more than a half century ago, the Supreme Court recognized that the First Amendment now it's a quote of the Supreme Court, quote, does not tolerate laws that cast a pall of orthodoxy over the classroom where truth is discovered not by authoritative selection, but out of a multitude of tongues, end quote. Excuse me. Um, the piece goes on to say, in a quote, in a remarkable retreat from Florida's Campus Free Expression Act, which recognized the university should not shield students from uncomfortable, unwelcome, disagreeable, or offensive opinions, Florida's Stop Woke Act imposes precisely the pall of orthodoxy that the Supreme Court warned about decades ago. Now, this can go both ways. I want to mention that, all right? Uh, this not only obviously applies to conservatives that want to ban this full and honest discussion of topics where that they share some blame, which is racism, religious bigotry, sexism, so on and so forth. It also applies to people on the far left that want speech codes where, you know, you can't criticize at all. Okay. You can't have it either way. Now this goes on to say, quote, this is from the fire. The Stop Woke Act prohibited instruction on eight specific concepts related to, and it's, it's delineated, race, color, national origin, or sex. Um, and again, I'm reading from the document. For example, the Stop Woke Act unlawfully, unlawfully restricted discussions about whether individuals are unconsciously biased based on their race or sex, whether certain virtues, including merit, excellence, hard work, fairness, neutrality, objectivity, and racial colorblindness are racist, and whether particular races or sexes inherently have certain privileges or disadvantages. But in dictating to faculty and students what ideas may be considered in a college classroom, Florida's political leaders have run headlong into the First Amendment. End quote. And it's true. Now it goes on to say, quote, on August 6, 2022, a University of South Florida professor of history, undergraduate student, and student organization represented by FIRE sued in federal court to challenge the Stop Woke Act for violating their constitutional rights. In order to comply with the law, Professor Adriana Novoa had to refrain from advancing arguments from certain readings and lecture topics. Sam Rachik an undergraduate student seeking to take Professor Novoa's courses could not engage in full and frank discussion of race in modern society with his professors if he feared that a professor's response to his questions may be reported to administrators or government officials for formal action. Sam also leads USF's First Amendment, that's University of South Florida, First Amendment Forum, a student group committed to promoting the value of free speech on campus. Forum members no longer had access to information unfettered by ideological fit driven I'm sorry, let me say it again. 
Forum members no longer had access to information unfettered by ideologically driven filters imposed by political officials. The lawsuit names Florida State Board of Education Commissioner Manny Diaz Jr., USF trustees, and other state education officials as defendants. With this lawsuit, Professor Navoa, Sam, and the Forum hope to remind the Florida government that it cannot impose ideological filters on what its citizens learn, teach, believe, and express. End quote. This is truly frightening. Think about what they're saying here. The undergraduate student was frightened to even bring up subjects to the professor. The professor was already gagged. And the undergrad student was afraid to bring up certain things because it might be reported not only to administrators, but government officials for formal action. How is this not reminiscent of Nazi Germany? It is. This is truly frightening. Okay. And it's not just Florida, Texas, same thing. Uh, there's a piece here in the Villanova Law Review. And the headline is, Are Texas Efforts to Censor Obscene Books and CRT Based on a Pretext? What does the First Amendment have to say about this? This was published in July, July 5th of 2022, just this past summer, by Eddie Reeling, Class of 23. Keep in mind, this is about shutting down the First Amendment. It's keeping the, these conservatives want to keep the part of the First Amendment they like, which they call religious liberty. Keep in mind, every religion, including my own, is essentially a dictatorship. Okay? You're not supposed to argue with God. Okay, that's just the bottom line. Um, but that that means that religious liberty, yes, it does fly in the face of free speech and free press. Of course it does. And the only way you can maintain both freedoms is by having a clear separation of church and state. That's it. And it means that, no, the government can't censor. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. Now, someone like DeSantis might say, well, he's not Congress, he's a governor. The idea being... The government can't censor you. Period. Jesus. And I, I find it amazing that you can Governor DeSantis won't won't call out a neo Nazi like Nick Fuentes, who is not only open about his Nazism but proud of it. Fuentes is the guy who had dinner with Trump and Ye. Fuentes now works for Ye in his studios spouting this hate, Fuentes has gone on saying he not only does he think that women shouldn't have the vote based on his religious beliefs, but that women that are disobedient should be burned at the stake as witches. Okay, we've talked about this on the show before. Again, where's DeSantis with all his hate speech? Nowhere. But if a college professor wants to mention it, look, this country was built on, yes, systemic racism, Oh, can't do that. That's illegal. No, it's not, okay? And the fact is, DeSantis knows this. There's a lot of people that are, I guess you could say, closet racist. They don't see themselves. They see racism and sexism as well in this very limited purview, all right? So they figure if they don't use the N-word and they don't do anything personally themselves that's obviously racist, then they're not racist. But if they keep their mouths shut about policies, disadvantage people of color and give whites unfair advantage, that doesn't mean they're racist. That's what they honestly believe. And, you know, they'll hide behind the colorblind nonsense. Well, that's not how justice works. All right? I mean, if you keep your mouth shut when you see injustice, yeah, especially against people of color, that means you are racist. You know, uh, Nobel Prize winner and Holocaust survivor, Elie Wiesel, wrote, he survived as a, as a teenager, he wrote, the opposite of good is not evil, it's indifference. All those alleged good people that, as the saying goes, go along, what's the, what's the saying, they, they go along to get along? No. They're implicated. And the fact is, this nation was built, this nation's wealth was built on the bodies and blood of black slaves. 
okay? And to say it's not systemic is absurd. Of course it's systemic. There, until the 13th Amendment, there was laws in the books that allowed slavery in certain states. It was codified into law, which is the very dictionary definition of systemic. After the 13th Amendment, these same states codified what can only be called the Jim Crow laws, which extended further still, which, again, were unjust and unfair. They were codified into law, the very dictionary definition of systemic. So to say that racism and the discrimination justified, if you will, by racism, to say that it's not systemic is absurd. Of course it's systemic. You don't have to look any further than our legal codes to see that. It was written into the goddamn Constitution that certain states could keep their slaves. It was baked right into the system from the very beginning. This is so similar to the old monkey trials where you couldn't teach, you know, evolution. What's next? Can't teach the truth about the Holocaust? Excuse me. This is craziness. All right. Um, But again, in Texas, September of 2021, the governor there, Greg Abbott, signed SB3. And that basically forbids a teacher or school official from making multiple concepts about race and racism in America part of the school social studies curriculum. How in the world can you discuss our history without a dis- of the United States without an honest discussion of slavery and Jim Crow? And how can you have an honest discussion of that if you don't discuss racism? You can't. What they're calling CRT, by the way, critical race theory, is absurd. First of all, critical race theory, or CRT, has never been taught K-12. through It's taught in law school and at the graduate level, you know, graduate school. That's it. So what they're calling CRT is actually just teaching the truth about American history. That's all it is. Now, in SB3, um, basically, besides certain concepts, SB3, according to this article, Villanova Law Review, um, among other concepts, SB3 specifically prevents the teaching that, quote, the advent of slavery in the territory that is now the United States constituted the true founding of the United States, end quote. And the article goes on to say, quote, while this language does not directly ban CRT, a teacher would have difficulty teaching the topic. The National Association for the Advancement of Color People's uh, Legal Defense Fund defines CRT as teaching racism as more than just individual social biases. Racism is that our laws have upheld and reproduced racial inequalities throughout American history. However, Texas lawmakers' motivation behind SB3 seems that CRT promotes guilt among students and its teaching would make students uncomfortable. Texas educators disagree and oppose the law because compliance with the law is too challenging. Paul Tapp, an attorney for a Texas Texas Teachers Association, stated the, quote, point of public education is to introduce the world to students. It's not there to protect students from the world, End, end quote. And it's true. Um, the fact is, if you claim you're studying history, this is my opinion, and you're never uncomfortable by any of it, you're not studying history. History should make you uncomfortable. There's enough fault to go around. Just is. So it goes on here. According to, again, the Villanova Law Review, quote, SB3 was just the beginning on October 25, 2021, State Representative Matt Krause, a supporter of the law, sent a letter to the Texas Education Agency asking it to identify any book that, quote, may make a student feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress because of their race or sex, end quote. 
The letter also included a list of 850 books he called into question based on their subject matter, most ide- mostly identifying LGBTQIA plus literature. The list is now a guide for challenging and removing books from school libraries across Texas. It uh, goes on to say the governor asked the agency to, one, establish new statewide standards for preventing obscene material depicting sex, and two, task TEA to police school libraries and criminally charge school officials that make such material available to students. It is unclear whether the agency even has that authority. Okay. Keep in mind, this whole thing about obscene material, even the Supreme Court can't decide what that means. All right? And this review, uh, this Villanova Law Review goes into that next. It says, quote, the the Texas censorship of CRT and other obscene material from its school's curricula and library shelves without a legitimate purpose goes against nearly a century of U.S. Supreme Court precedent that upholds students' rights to receive information. The motivations for SB3 and the removal of obscene material under the state's discretionary authorities seem to seem to be only a pretext for pure disagreement with the subject matter. SB3 and book bans are a part of a growing trend across the country, but Texas efforts represent one of the most proactive measures by a state to deny CRT within its curriculum. Okay, I, I agree. All right, this is really, it's just censorship, pure and simple. Nothing more. And when you talk about parent rights, okay, so you've got some conservative parents that want their kids to be taught that white Christians always did the right thing, and people of color and religious minorities in the LGBTQIA community, they're all wrong. Okay, that's their opinion. But what about the other, the rights of other parents to say, no, you're not going to make my kid the scapegoat either. Look. This, when they say they don't want kids to feel uh, uncomfortable, all right, this, or any form of psychological dis- distress, this quote, you know, that they have to identify and ban any book that, quote, may make a student feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, that's called having a conscience. So basically, White Christian male kids will be taught that they're perfect and everyone else is horrible. Now, I know that's an overgeneralization, but the fact is, how do you teach young people to have a conscience if, they, if you won't allow them to feel some guilt, comfort when somebody does something that's unkind or wrong? You can't. Okay. You can't. And, you know, as someone who taught for 30 years, honestly, they would have to fire me because I'd break their damn law. Seriously. And what I don't understand is why every teacher's union isn't basically ponying up and lawyering up and helping the NAACP and helping the ACLU to fight this. This is about academic freedom, free speech, freedom to read what you want. You know, this is about dismantling the Bill of Rights, dismantling public education. Okay, make no mistake about it. Um, And again, the big fight against critical race theory. I have an article here, and this is from the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. (laughs) I'm focusing a little more on the racism aspect because that is the, the lead, okay? Everything else flows from it, in my opinion. Again, it's my opinion. The Legal Defense Fund, there is this Editorial from Aishin. God, I hope I'm. I hope I'm saying her name right. Aishina Robinson. Uh, Robinson is the deputy editorial director of the Legal Defense Fund. The headline is "Anti-CRT Mania and Book Bans Are the Latest Tactics to Halt Racial Justice." Okay. 
God, this is all about the fact that whites, especially white Christians, are absolutely paranoid that not only will they no longer be the majority, they're terrified that the rest of us are going to basically give them a dose of their own vile medicine, which we're not claiming to do that. But, you know, the white white Christian bigots are projecting, and it's dangerous. So um, this is part, this is the first installment of a Legal Defense Fund series, and they're looking at what they call the recent rise of anti-truth laws, okay? And I think this is incredibly important. That's what we're really talking about here, regardless of your identity. Quote, this is the first installment of an LDF Legal Defense Fund series examining the recent rise of anti-truth laws. The second installment, which takes a broader historical view, can be read, and there's a link there. The third installment, examining why truthful, inclusive education benefits all students and how to make it happen. Again, there's a link to it. The fourth installment, examining the term and history of woke. Again, there's a link there as well. Make no mistake about it, whether it is Black Lives Matter, Antifa, woke, these people are having an absolute hissy fit. You know, I remember when I was younger, one of the first lessons I learned, being somebody who looks somewhat ethnic and a religious minority in a state where totally outnumbered, is that there's nothing meaner than a bigot who's faced with their bigotry. Make no mistake about it. Okay, so um, this, well, let's see. I'm going to just read parts of it, all right? So there's a quote here from someone named Janai Nelson. Quote, today's fight for truth is part of that ongoing battle for justice. Without truth, there's no basis for our demands for justice. And that's why we must fight fiercely to preserve truth, to preserve history in our public schools and libraries, to expand our knowledge of history and facts so another generation does not grow up lamenting what they did, what they did not learn in school, what they did not learn about who they are, who we are, and all the possibilities of what we can become. Um, so basically, there's, there's several that you need to read this article yourself here. Um, it, you know, there's a section here on silencing black voices and lived experiences by quelling discussion. Okay. Um, you know, and it says here, quote, restrictions on classroom discussions about race and other so-called divisive concepts have also been instituted by lawmakers in Alabama. Despite the vocal dissent of parents, educators, and community groups there and testimony from LDF recommending the harmful anti-truth measure be rejected. This year, just after Oklahoma marked the 100th anniversary of the heinous 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre, the state legislature there passed a measure broadly limiting discussions about race in K-12 schools and making it illegal for such discussions to leave students feeling racially-based discomfort. It goes on to say, quote, in reality, Oklahoma's vaguely worded law already appears to be chilling classroom discourse in ways that will impede students from learning their nation's true history and developing the critical thinking skills they will need to navigate their futures. Teachers in Oklahoma say they have already been prohibited from using words like diversity in their classrooms. Okay. This is truly frightening. All right. Okay. Um, let's see now. There's more here. I saw another thing here. Um, so censorship, book bans, and whitewashing history is the part where it says where things stand. Quote, the purveyors of today's war on truth, unsurprisingly, also of the written word squarely in their crosshairs. This is dealing with book banning. They have moved to... They have moved to banning books that provide an honest chronicling of this country's history. The disturbing proliferation of book bans in the past few months makes clear that the ultimate goal of these anti-CRT efforts is to censor, silence, and suppress Americans' ability to be fully informed about their own country and, their lived ex- and the lived experiences of their fellow citizens. 
in Tennessee. Just reading straight from this. Quote, one group has sought to eliminate the book, Ruby Bridges Goes to School. That's about the little girl, first black little girl, uh, going to an all-white school by court order, you know, and all these vicious white bigots are, they're they're making this baby literally, uh, literally, um, you know, walk through that that wall of hate. Um, written by the now 60, and, and it, uh, they sought to eliminate the book from the Williamson County Schools K-12 curriculum. Now, the book was written by Bridges herself, mind you. It goes on to say, written by the now 67-year-old Bridges. The book tells the famous story of six-year-old Bridges having an, braving an angry mob of segregationist parents who were furious that the black child was attending a formerly all-white public school in New Orleans. <coughs> Excuse me. The group argues that the book shouldn't be used in classrooms because the factual story of what happened to Bridges as a child is not sufficiently redemptive of the white people who targeted her. Good God. It goes on to say, the same group has also pushed for a Penguin Young Reader's text about Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the March on Washington, he led um, he led for civil rights in 1963 to be removed from the county school curriculum. Now, mind you, that's the I Have a Dream speech that they, they claim they love so much. They claim that the facts about this seminal period on Amer- in American history and the philosophy of this iconic American civil rights champion will inflict emotional trauma on students. It goes on to say other classic works of American literature have been targeted, including Toni Morrison's Beloved, a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel about American slavery. In Texas, a a legislator recently launched an inquiry into whether any books from an extensive list of 850, most of them titles written by people of color, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and other historically marginalized groups are being used in public schools I'm potentially running afoul of Texas's new anti-CRT law. It goes on to say this. In deference to that very law, which was rushed through a special legislative session this summer, educators in Texas have already been, give, have already been given disturbing guidance that they must present students with opposing perspectives on the Holocaust. What opposing perspectives? Okay. This was a piece that ran in the Texas Tribune. Good God. Keep in mind, the Nazis filmed everything. So it's right there. There's no denying it. Okay? But you have to present an opposing perspective of the Holocaust. What, you're picking on the bad Nazis? Seriously, that's insane. This is about a democracy that's really in crisis, the Legal Defense Fund of the NAACP. Again, when you talk about unsung heroes, they're right here. Okay? You can read it yourself. This is something that I could talk about it all day, but I wanted to give you guys an idea of what's been going on. This is insanity. It it just is. Um, So right now... Give me a second here. Oh, we're about to. Um, I, I'm going to say this, you know, one time. All right. Again, there were so many, but let me get my sound effects together here. All right. We just, the jackass of the week is an important one. Alrighty. So, again, there were so many really important jackasses. It was hard to pick, but here we go. Give me a minute here. Welcome. Welcome to the Jackass of the Week Award, offered by Progressive News Network on Blog Talk Radio. Bray on, Jack and Jenny. This week we have a very special jackass. We do. Or Jenny, should I say. 
And it's our old friend, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, this was brought up actually, and really you could say she's the villain of the week as well. Maybe that's more appropriate. Um, this was brought up, I saw this on the Young Turks, and this was something that was, I think it's a year old actually, um, from 2021. But Marjorie Taylor Greene was asked a question about people dying from COVID-19. Uh, and this was a day after Twitter suspended her Twitter account briefly because she was posting, you know, misinformation. And um, journalist, let's see, Tia Mitchell, who is a journalist with the Atlantic Journal-Constitution, um, asked her, do you feel any responsibility for keeping people in Georgia safe? You know there are children, skinny people, who have died of the coronavirus. And what did MJT say? I'm going to try and imitate Tia, you crack me up. You know what? I think people's responsibility is their own. Okay. So, you know, once again, Marjorie Taylor Greene showing that she is not only stupid, but she has no conscience. She is clearly just a nasty bigot, has no conscience, no care for anybody other than herself. And this twit... This psychopath sees that she wants to be Donald Trump's running mate. God forbid. Um, once again, this is what we're dealing with here. Make no mistake about it. We're dealing with people that have no conscience. Um, it, it's a lack of maturity, truth be told. Uh, you know, when you talk to a lot of conservatives, like if you want to be conservative, be conservative. I don't care. Okay, but you don't have a right to inflict your ideas on your way of life on other people. Okay, you don't have a right to demand that I become Christian because it's never going to happen. I don't have a right to demand that they become Jewish or atheist or whatever. You don't have a right to demand that everybody be traditional. If you want to be traditional, fine, but, you know, it's supposed to be live and let live, but that's not what's happening. And what you see, especially people that love MAGA. You see an immature population who really believes that the ends justify the means, throwing just deadly tantrums. That's what we have here. You have people that have never grown up, and you know. then you have the corporate Democrats hand-wringing, talking about, oh, the problem is there's no civility. You know, we used to be, we used to be able to talk to each other, they claim, and, and all that. No. This nation's always been divided from the very beginning. The difference was prior to recent decades, those of us in the minority category, with the exception of women, um, we were outnumbered. So it was pretty difficult to to fight back. And, you know, when they talk about white replacement theory, well, yeah, white Christians are going to basically be outnumbered. All right, or at least the numbers will be equal finally. And so we just don't want to be abused anymore. So we're standing up for our rights. But there there was never this utopian idea that as Americans, we all got along. That's just not true. Not true at all. Uh, I would argue further that the Civil War never really ended. It just morphed into... Jim Crow, and then the late Lee Atwater, you know, pushing this closeted type of racism and misogyny. And you have to understand something. This is what the Republicans have to offer. The Republicans have always been the party for the rich, period. That's it. They don't have anything else to offer. So how do they con these formerly working, you know, these union people and these these regular workers in into their particular poison they use bigotry that's it it's just that simple so for and again i apologize if this show tonight was kind of loose all right um some weeks it is but we will be talking about this more um and you know again we have marjorie taylor green as our again she's received this before our our Jackass of the Week Award. Bray on, little Margie, bray on. You could argue 
that Marjorie, Mar, little Margie is an ass in more ways than one. With that, I say good night and God bless us all because Lord knows we're going to need it. Check in next week. We are going to have an environmentalist um, on the show. It'll be the Environmental Justice Report. And, um, you know, those of us in the minority community, we have to stick together. And with that, before we end the show, I want to offer a prayer to all the victims of police brutality, including Tyree. Okay. Um, I pray that this nation will somehow, somehow find a path to decency. And by decency, I mean equality before the law for everybody. With that, I say good night and God bless us. We're going to need it. <laughs>